it could be said that this parish collects characters. Perhaps that could be said for the church around the world and across the ages. From Jesus' ragtag band of fishermen, tax collectors, and otherwise unattached folk, to us 2,000 years later, God clearly calls the unusual and the unexpected. Graham was most certainly one of these, unusual and unexpected as all of you knew him. He was kind, loyal, good-humored, and thoughtful. He was also complicated. He would often sit at the very back of the church many Sundays, jot a few notes on my sermon, slip out before the peace, and then shoot me an email about it later in the day. <laughs> he would show up on occasion for worship in his kilt, flying the clan colors and proud of him. And he had an opinion for everything it seemed, often tempered with a wry grin or a joke. So my first more in-depth encounter with Graham after I first came to this parish was over the dust he kicked up when we started discussing the place of the American flag in this house of worship. I remember one of the old patriarchs of the parish, Bart, coming up to me shortly after that episode that included at least one bracing public email from Graham. Bart was a good friend of Graham's and he was chuckling as he approached me. His chuckle, which blended sympathy with good humor, said, Welcome to Church of Our Savior. And of course, now you're getting to know our Graham. <laughs> this Graham who was courageous enough to die for a friend or his family was also the Graham who, if he disagreed with you, would let you know it in no uncertain terms. He and I learned that we were both Boy Scouts. The flags stayed put. I learned a lot from that. And I learned that Graham was and remains a character's character, if you will. Over the past few years, I had the privilege of getting to know the Graham so many of you knew, a man who deeply loved people, his family, his heritage, a good football game, and his alma mater. He had little time or energy to suffer foolishness, and yet he showed gentleness in this house to those who were most vulnerable or in need. He was not a man particularly enamored by the church's rituals, but he enjoyed a rigorous sermon and would gladly usher so that he could hear the choir that he loved to sing, so that he could help one of our esteemed elders to the rail, so that he could chat with the people he had grown up with, gotten to know, and dearly, dearly loved. In his last days, I was struck at how a prayer or the sacrament would lift his spirits and bring him strength. Graham, I discovered in what is probably no surprise to many of you, was not about frills or false piety. Turned out he always had his eye on the ball, on what really mattered in life. Most of us were indeed amazed at his extraordinary courage these past two years. Team Mac, as he called it, became his prayer and his cheering squad. And as he struggled mightily against a foe that would likely intimidate the rest of us, he provided witness to the indomitable depths of the human spirit and an inspirational love of life. Graham taught me in the way he would spin his stories that even in the darkest of hours, good humor can be like a beacon, like a star to steer by. Among my favorites was his remarkably unscientific discovery that chemotherapy might well be the most effective mosquito repellent ever. Huh. 
It was told with that same dry wit that he always told his stories about himself, his family, or the wider community he cherished. When at last Graham surrendered, he had fought the good fight. He appreciated the sense in which we, the community that he loved, was praying and loving him into what we called the end zone. It was a testament to his strength of character that he stuck around long enough to have one last party with his friends at the Bohemian Club. Graham found that remarkably elusive balance between surrendering to death and accepting it with a dignity where he insisted on accepting it only on his terms. I was struck by the peace that brought him, a peace he left with us as a parting gift. Graham didn't appear to me to struggle too mightily with some of the questions that might linger about why a man still in his prime is taken from this life. Or what kind of a God would allow such a dear friend to suffer such a hard battle with cancer? It is those cosmic questions that we might take into the readings today and encounter a God who transcends death and suffering, who accepts without resorting to easy answers or simplistic explanations, are sometimes angry, sometimes bewildered, sometimes puzzled questions about the fragility of this life who embraces our vulnerability in the same way Graham embraced so many of us, like a longtime friend, a loyal compatriot, a passionately devoted father, husband, brother, and countryman, that shepherd with us through the valley of the shadow of death, there with us offering comfort and hope. Graham's God, our God, Jesus tells us in the gospel this day, is the host of a house with many rooms, many dwelling places. Jesus' way reflected in Graham's own unique characteristic fashion is not found in a book or distilled into doctrine, but is rather lived in the ups and downs of relationships. It unfolds in the context of generous hospitality. Graham showed us this life and that it is indeed a feast of rich food, a feast of well-matured wines, maybe grown in the McDonald vineyard. Perhaps our only challenge is that we all too often claim that we are too busy to stop and partake. Graham refused to fall into that trap. What a great witness that is to all of us. Without him, the world is a far less interesting place. Perhaps that calls us all to take up his work of making it more interesting again together. It is a good and beautiful thing to part with our mortal coil, surrounded by loving family and an immeasurable bounty of friends. It was good for Graham. Your presence here today, filling this house to overflowing, says to me it was good for you too. Good enough now to celebrate a life well lived. Maybe.
But then I have a hunch, good enough rarely sat at all that well with Graham. So in closing, I offer you this musing that I had around the time of his death. I wondered how Graham would have responded if Jesus had shown up at his door. My guess is that Graham would have invited him to join him for a drink at the Bohemian Club. My guess is that Jesus would have said yes. I suppose now that Christ has invited Graham for a drink at God's table. My guess is that Graham has probably said yes. Wouldn't you agree? The hope that Graham leaves with us is that this life is only a foretaste of the banquet that awaits us all. Now that's good enough for Graham. That yes to life. That yes to life that was and remains Graham's. The inescapable and wondrous choice that shapes all of our journeys and leads us home. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.